We are in Ecclesiastes today, y'all. Let me share with you why we're there. Uh, we are going through the Bible this year from Genesis to Revelation, from January to December. I've titled all the messages this year, God Said It, because what we want to recognize and acknowledge is that God has spoken. Uh, we see creation around us, and God spoke it into existence. He said, let there be, and there was, okay? Um, we have God's written word. This is the Bible. Uh, this is the word of God, all of it, Gen Genesis to Revelation, God didn't call me an editor, and he doesn't allow us to redact anything out of it. This is the Word of God. Uh, we're supposed to read it, discern, ask God's uh, illumination of it, and then obey. Uh, you don't get to toss out the parts you don't like because it was written 2,000 years ago or something. Uh, this is the Word of God. Pay attention. And the third is just the living Word of God, which is Jesus himself. Jesus came and lived it. He, he lived uh, God among us. He even said, he said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus is the living word of God. He, he lived the perfect life. He, he, he died a cruel death on the cross. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He's alive right now at the right hand of the Father. And so we've got the God said it. God has spoken. We should pay attention. And um, the, the, the story of God's... Um, redemption is right here it starts with creation then we see the fall and sin and and then we meet the couple abraham and sarah and the, the covenant promise that that takes us all the way up to jesus but between the covenant promise we see a family and a people and a nation we see the kings which point to the king of kings the king of kings is jesus he is our savior we are the body of christ that's the picture you can find those around here from time to time that's the whole bible in a picture <clears throat> it's interesting i read an article this week on um I don't know, how many of you ever heard the word orality? Anybody? You, I, I've never heard it. Orality. That is the, the, the oral message that we use to speak the story of God's redemption. Okay? So anyway, I, I just never heard the word, and I read an article this week about that, and thought that was pretty cool. So, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 15. How many of you have read it? Cool. All right. How many of you like it? Okay, oh, yeah. not as many as read it, so okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> here you go. We got the day on, on Ecclesiastes. But here's what I decided after studying it this week. I'm going to spend a whole quarter next year in Ecclesiastes. We're going to do the whole thing. You know, walk, walk through these 13 chapters. Um, because... Solomon is credited, and, and, and probably a, a, a weight of scholars believe he wrote the bulk of it. There, there's a bit of, of an introduction to the teacher, and then a conclusion of the teacher's words. But by and large, these are the words of Solomon, uh, and, and what he is sharing with us uh, really comes down to the meaning of life. And so when we consider these things, it's important to be able to, 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 to know and answer for ourselves the same question Solomon asked. Beginning in verse 1, it says, There is an occasion for everything, and a time for every activity under heaven, time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. Time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. 
That's probably COVID, I don't know. Anyway, a time to search and a time to count is lost. Time to keep and a time to throw away. Time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9, what does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts. But, but no one can discover the work of God, the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that everything God does will last forever. There's no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is has already been. Whatever will be already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. Pray with me, all righty. Our Father, we just bow before you this morning giving thanks. Just, God, that we have had the opportunity all week long to spend time with you, to walk with you, to hang out with you. And God, God, the things that you desire to teach us through your word and by your spirit and, and, and just through the walk of life that you've given us uh, with Jesus. And God, I just pray that this morning that, that we've had that opportunity and taken that opportunity to walk and talk with you this week. Because this morning, as we look at the words of, of Solomon and consider what it is that he is actually highlighting for us, that God, we can have some understanding as to what this week has meant but not just this week the week before it the week that'll come God that we could understand what our lives mean and God how you intend to use us for a cause and a story and a plan that is so much bigger than any of us individually God help us to see it and see our part in it we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I took a lot of philosophy classes once upon a time. I, I have to go ahead and confess and admit that much of it I've forgotten. I recognize some of the names. But I've never forgotten the four questions. Now, uh, if you do any kind of search, Google or otherwise, you'll find these questions in some form, some shape. Who am I? Question of identity. Who am I? When you start answering the question of who am I, it follows to ask the question, uh, where did I come from? I mean, I, I'm not talking biology. I'm not talking about ancestry. I'm just talking about in, in identifying myself, where do I come from? The big question, where am I going? That's a big picture for eternity's sake, but it's also a picture and a question for today and tomorrow and the next day. And then the question that, that, that people get confused and, and befuddled with is just very simply, why? What is the meaning of all of this, right? I mean, if you've never answered yourself those questions, then yay for you. I mean, you hadn't, you hadn't, hadn't really questioned existence. 
You haven't really uh, examined those. I mean, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. I was taught what it meant to to, to know Jesus and to live for Jesus and to walk with Jesus. I was taught those things from from really little. I've told y'all before, I was a sunbeam back in the days of of Baptist life, all right? I, I was one of those little kids that they were pouring into constantly what it meant to be a child of God and what it meant to live a life that brings honor and glory and exalts God. I mean, those things were poured into me from my childhood my mom and dad still live today and still I sit down in their living room and have those same conversations you see I uh, so so yeah I even though I've asked those questions because I think scholastically academically intellectually I was led to ask those questions as a child growing up those questions were things that that had already been answered in my life but I admit and here you go Under the influence of higher education, I was challenged in those things. Now, the fortunate thing for me is, is that having been challenged and because of my personality, I was ready to fight. Right? Man, I, yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay? But when you read these words, and and, and really not so much verses 1 through 8, uh, Those are some classic, timeless verses that, that in my opinion, Solomon penned for us to understand that, guess what? Uh, We are appointed to certain things in life, all of us. There are things that we are bound by, time. There are things that, that, that are expected of us within time. Do you know when this was written? There was no such thing as a wristwatch. Right? Nobody went, oh, it's 8.42. I've only got 15 minutes left. Nobody said that. Right? Sun came up. Sun went down. Midday, maybe we should eat. Right? But, but what Solomon is pointing out there is, is that the times are, are sort of the, 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 the designated, appointed um, things, the, the events, the occasions. The, it's our life. I mean, I can point back to, to the time that, that I graduated from high school. Yes, it's a long time ago. And I graduated from college, you know. My big joke for years has been I, I crammed a four-year degree into seven years. Some of the best years of my life, right? And then I did seminary and, 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 and took some more theology and stuff. And so, so I can point to those things and say, That was when I did that, and that was the time for that, and there was a season for that, and I was a part of these things. And I can look back historically and understand and remember those things. But then we have to ask ourselves the question, why? What purpose did they serve? Why do you do what you do? You see? I love asking people, and I'm doing a lot of weddings right now, so people are encouraged enough to at least do weddings. So I'm doing a lot of weddings right now. And one of the things, one of the second conversations I have with a prospective bride and groom is, is tell me the three most important things in your life. Now, most of them, because they know what, you know, they, 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 they want to get a good score, so I'll do their wedding. Not, not serious. I don't mean that. It's not, pa- it's, it's, yeah, I'm going to do the wedding, but I just want them to hear it. You ready? Most important things in life. Why? Why is it important? Why do you do what you do? 
I mean, really, we can take that position where we're going to work for the world. We're going to work for the world system. We're going to work for, for the, the advancement of what's going on in the world around us, right? We can do that kind of work. We can apply ourselves to it. We, we can be like financial geniuses, right? Or, or maybe we can be, uh, 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 may, it's like I've told y'all before, I'm not a math guy. You know, I'll write you a paper, but don't ask me to add two and two because I'll probably mess that up. See? Some people, numbers are just their thing. Man, they see the shape and the design and, and everything about numbers. Some people are word people. They like words. Uh, probably those two people who have heard the word orality. That's y'all. Uh, you see? I mean, we like words, and, and we, can, we can put words in order and in places that, that people understand and, and, and grasp not just the word meaning, but the bigger meaning of the words as they're put together like that. And we can work for the world and the world system and accomplish great things and do big things. But the truth is, is that over time, whatever you've done for the world and for the world system is going to go going to pass you see now you might leave a book behind but you know some of the oldest books in the library are the least read right because somebody's writing something new all the time somebody's writing something you know more interesting or more modern or more current and yet, that's one of the reasons that people try to edit and redact the Bible because it says, oh, that was for a culture and a system that is long past. But it's a God who is alive today and relevant and has spoken with regard to culture and society and the world we live in. And so, so the Bible continues to be the most printed, most popular book ever written. And as we began our journey through this at the beginning of the year, I told you, I said there are over 40 writers of the Word of God, but there's only one author, and that's God himself. God authored this by his own breath, inspired it for us. So what does the worker gain from his struggles? Well, what, what is the, 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 the production of work? I mean, Solomon asked that question. You know, work is a lifetime. You know why? Listen to the next verse. I have seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. Uh, a, a different translation of that word occupied is afflicted. I have seen the work that God has given for mankind to be afflicted with. Why? Because God said, you will toil on the earth. See that? The fall has consequences, y'all. That whole creation fall thing, it has consequences. Sin entered. We are subject to a fallen nature, to a fallen world. I mean, Paul even says that, that the very creation of God groans under the effects of the fall. God's creation is awaiting redemption. See? And yet ours is a, a temporary journey. You see? Work for the world. For what? It's going to pass. Work of God. That's a for who, not a for what. Who do you live your life for? 
Now, I don't, I, I don't mean just, you know, I, I've told you my story. I got saved when I was eight years old. I was baptized in my home church. I grew up in a Christian home. My mom and daddy read the Bible to us, and I went to Sunday school and, and uh, training union, which became discipleship training, which disappeared at some point. I don't know. Anyway, uh, all of those things happened in my life, right? And, and there was a, a, a thread of purpose throughout my Christian heritage, my Christian upbringing. And so even if, you know, I was working now, I managed a car rental place for a few years, and, and I tell folks, I say, yeah, I said, even there, when I had the opportunity to talk about Jesus, I talked about Jesus because that's the purpose of my life. Renting cars was just an appointed time. It was just for the day. It was just to pay the rent. And guess what? That car rental office that I worked so hard to, to, to make a, a success and profitable and, and rent cars and greet people and meet them at the airport as they begin their journey of work in our town and all that sort of thing. You know what? That building is gone and that rental thing is done. Matter of fact, you walk around that neighborhood, you probably can't find anybody even remembers that rental car company. But I invested so much of me in that company. Right? Why do you work what you work? And is your work a work of God? See, because <coughs> ours is this temporary journey. But our awareness is eternal. Verse 11 says, He has made everything appropriate in His time. He has also put eternity in their hearts. But no one can discover the work, of, the work God has done from beginning to end. What's He saying right there? He says, we know innately. And, and, and folks can deny it if they want to. But we know innately we're not the end all and be all of this existence. You know, if you're the height. And your reason and understanding is the height of existence on this earth. That makes you God. And that's what the world wants. They want to be God. Why? Because right back there at the tree, the deception was, don't you want to be as God is? You see? Wow. I look at that and I go, oh. We can't see the big picture. We can, we can grasp what God is doing in the story, but, but I'm not in tomorrow, and God already is. Okay? goes on to say, uh, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. Can I just go ahead and tell you all I hate that translation of that? Because we interpret the words good life to mean, I'm sorry, Steve, life is good. <laughs> you know, the brand, right? The good life. We, 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 we take sort of this idea that the good life is what we see when we see groups laughing and, and, and living it up and, and throwing a party, and, and that's the good life. And that's not the biblical definition of the good life. The good life is the life that is invested in the kingdom of God. The purpose and work and majesty of our creator. Man, this room, did you upload that picture you took, you said you had for, for camp? Yeah, upload it real quick. I'll show y'all something that I, Monday I was just struck by the fact, several years ago, probably 10 years ago, when Camp Caraway started doing co-ed camp, uh, I was like the boy's chaperone. 
Not the wisest move in the world, but I was. And my son was one of the kids, and, and a couple of his friends, and, and then another kid that we didn't know came from another church, but they didn't have any men to do it. And so he was in our cabin, and he was like six, and he'd never been away from home before, or mama, or anything, and, and just one side story, he didn't even know how to take a shower. Anyway, there you go, they sent me, I went off to camp with the kids, right? What about, I don't know, 15, 20 of us back then, and the next year I went again, and, and was chaperoning for the boys, and Fortunately, the last eight years, I haven't had to go. Uh, I, you know, Monday morning, I was here, though. Two great big old buses out front out there. and I mean them big fancy Van Hoo buses, them, them big jobs that, that when you crank up to get ready to go, they lift up off the ground like hoverboards or something, you know. It's kind of coolish, right? But anyway, um, uh, I was here, and, and, and Trudy and, and the other chaperones were all lined, all 20-something of them lined up across the front or so, and, and I was just sitting back here. And can I just go ahead and tell you, there were three times as many people in this room as there are right now. This room was full. And, and, and then Trudy says to me, she says, all right, Pastor Bobby's going to come, and there it is, right there. He took, John took that picture from up in the booth up there. Can you all tell what it is? See, all those people and kids and all that. And, and, and that's Trudy at the booth. That's me sitting on the steps in the back. And I think Diana's sitting beside me there. And some of the chaperones are up front at that point. And so I got up and just led us in prayer and just said, God, we just, we just, God, I just pray that these kids would get a glimpse of you this week. See, the more we see the person of God, the more it changes who we are, the more we understand the why of what we do. See? You want to know why? Get to know God better. You want to know why? Spend more time with God. You want to know the purpose, the meaning of life? Hang out with Jesus all week long. God will give you opportunities to see the work that he's doing and he'll give you the opportunity to be involved in it. I don't care whether you're at the car rental place or whether you're at McDonald's. God will give you opportunities to be a part of what he's doing in his kingdom. This, this work of God, is, it's a work for a who, not a what. See? This good life, the, this good life is to know that you are a part of God's plan. That's what it means to live and enjoy the good life, is to know that you're a part of the bigger plan that God has put in place. You might not even understand your part in it. I have people all the time say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do for God. Well, hang out with him. He'll show you. I'm hearing music too. I hope it's not angels singing because that means we're close. All right. <laughs> Verse 13, it says this. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. You see? God's gift to us is to be able to do the enjoyable, which I'll go ahead and tell you. One of my favorite things to do in a day is eat. Man, I like it. And I, I like the variety. Right? I was asked a question. I, had to, I eat for entertainment. Did y'all know that? I mean, I, I look up a restaurant and go, I bet it'd be fun to eat dinner there. 
And then I'll go eat dinner there. And if it's not fun, then I'll go back. Right? That, that's the eat, drink. I don't mean party. That, that, that's not a reference to party. Some places in Scripture, it is a reference to party. But this is not. God has appointed these times for nourishment, for fulfillment. Likewise, spiritually, God has appointed times for us to be nourished and filled. See? I, and verse 14 says, I know that everything God does will last forever. For there is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Folks, we can look around us and see the hand of God. The problem is, is that we started worshiping the things around us and forgetting God. We live in a culture that worships itself. We live in a culture that worships its desires that worships essentially a false identity that, 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 that really um, just does away with what God has said in his word. And, and, and we've, we've sort of made that declaration that, that reality or, or, or goodness or righteousness is all relative to what I want and what I feel and... Whatever is, has already been. This is a philosophical point. Um, a lot of the philosophies that you study will tell you that what we see is merely a reflection of what we don't see. You can go read any philosophy, you'll find that somewhere. See, God exists out of time. So yesterday, today, tomorrow, it's all the same to God. He sees it as one big thing. So what is has already been. And whatever will be already is. And yet God seeks justice for the persecuted. So work for the world, for what? The work of God, for who? The work of meaning is forever. It's forever. So what's the point? What's the point? God has given us a purpose for living. Purpose of living. Purpose for life. Who am I? I'm God's child. So, so not only do I want God's good, I want for God's good. I, I want to be a part of God's good that God's doing. Okay? Where did I come from? Before I was even conceived, because what will be already is, God knew me. Mom and dad had a part in it, yeah. But God already knew. See? Where am I going? Ultimately, I get to go spend eternity with God. I get to hang out with Him. I said this during the last two years of the whole viral struggle, right? If today's the day, I'm okay with that. 
I get to go hang out with Jesus. Now, I, you know, I'd like to hang out here a little while longer. I'm not rushing to it. But I'm okay with it. I'm not afraid of it. You see? Why? Because God set this in motion way back there when he said, let there be light. And then he gave us the light that is Jesus. And he said, walk in the light as he is in the light. And we have fellowship with one another and with Jesus Christ, his son. Why are you here? I'm glad you're in worship this morning. But the bigger question is, why are you here? And I don't mean right here. You know, we get to hang out with God. Don't miss the good life. It all starts with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, then it it comes with confession, repentance, God's forgiveness. Surrender to God. Surrender to the person and work of Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Father, thank you again for today. And God, the joy it is to know that when we step into your word and read and, and, and seek to understand and, and spend that time getting acquainted with you. God, we can't know everything about you. We are finite and you are infinite, but God, you have given us and spoken and, and, and put in writing for us an understanding that we can know you. And God, I just want to know you more. I want to know you better. God, I thank you for loving me, and I thank you for loving every person in this room. And where, where we see in Ecclesiastes this, this almost fatalistic approach to life, God, we know that ultimately what Solomon said to us, what the teacher said to us was, serve God. Make all your days count. God, help us to do that today. And if this is the start for some of us, God, I pray that it's a big start. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.